Let me thank God for those wonderful encounters that we've already had in our life right now. Yeah? So join with me. Lord, we've just given testimony to how amazing you are and how you meet with us and you meet our needs and you encounter us and you, sometimes you challenge us and sometimes you discipline us and sometimes you encourage us. And we just want to thank you for every moment that's been shared to the, this morning and thank you that it's been by your grace and at your initiative. And Lord, I pray that we would learn that, that you initiate encounters with us. And I pray that this, this morning we would also grow, I, I guess our, our, our eyes would be open. We think of those times in the scriptures where, where eyes were open to your movement. I pray we'd be open to your encounters in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read to you about a wonderful encounter. And it comes from Luke chapter 2, verses 8 to 20. It's a Christmas story. It's a great story. It says, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them, and the radiance of the Lord's glory shone around them. They were terrified. There's another word for you, Graham. Terrified. Amazed. Oh, they were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid, he said. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people, the Saviour. Yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. And you will recognise him by this sign. You'll find, him, you'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, praising God. You get the picture? Suddenly it's a little conversation with one angel and then there's the armies of God praising God and saying, glory to the God in the highest of heaven and peace on earth to those with whom God is pleased. When the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, well, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village and found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger, like the sign. After seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened and what the angel had said to them about this child. All who heard the shepherds' story were astonished. Another word, astonished. But Mary kept all these things in her heart and thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen. And it was just as the angel had told them. So it's no wonder we've chosen the, the theme, Wonderful Christmas. Because we've got words like astonished and amazed and terrified and all these extraordinary words should, should capture us during Christmas. These words should be, they, they should be our response. They certainly were the response at the first Christmas. And I want to talk about wonderful encounters because we've had them. But wonderful encounters have a couple of attributes to them that we see in this story. And there's probably and there'll be many more that I, that I don't cover today that you, you were thinking of. But one of those key ones is wonderful, wonderful encounters are grounded in history. When you all shared your wonderful encounter, it wasn't a theory or it wasn't like a, a philosophy, was it? It was an encounter, and it happened, and it was real, and it happened in history. So we walk through the, the shops, and we go down the streets and see the lights in front of houses, and we think of Christmas, and sometimes we lose the reality that Christmas is grounded in history. And, and, and society loses that reality and thinks that Christmas is a, 
It's like a, a festival or a, a philosophy or a, a good or holiday. But actually, it's grounded in history. Did you know that Christmas, the, the Christmas story in the Bible, which we've just read part of that, fulfilled 108 prophecies prior to it? 108 prophecies all through the Old Testament, all through history, prophesied about that, that day, about the birth of Jesus. It was, it, it was and, we re- and we read these words, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people, the Saviour, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. You can check out those words on the screen. Check these ones out. This is History. See, I read to you a great story, and we love to tell tell angel stories, and we love to talk about the shepherds, but we don't realize that the words just before that were these. At that time, the Roman Emperor Augustus decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken with Quirinus, who was governor of Syria. By the way, at the end of the survey, at the end of the service, we're going to take a census. It's called the National Church Life Survey. So that's normal behavior for churches to take censuses. It was normal behavior in the Bible that a census was taken. These things happen. These are historical events. And it goes, all return to their ancestral towns to register for the census. Now, that sound, that's a great thing that's happening in history. It was actually starting to fulfill a prophecy because they ended up in Bethlehem. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David, he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home. He traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee. He took with him Mary, to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. Just normal behavior. Now, these guys knew it wasn't normal because they'd had visitations from angels and they'd had their own encounters and Mary is miraculously conceived and all all the rest of it. But But they're fulfilling a historical event that we know happened in history. God encountered the shepherds. Not, it's not a fairy tale. It's so cool to be able to talk about Jesus with others and say it's actually not a fairy tale. It's not even a philosophy. It's not even um, a, a good feeling. It's actually a historical event that changed the world. When God encounters us and, and when God encountered encountered. The, the, the shepherds and, and encountered the prophets at the time, Zechariah and Simeon. and It was real. It was in history. It happened. I have a favorite fairy tale. Now, it's not, I don't know, you might say it's not a fairy tale. It's technically, I don't know if technically Shrek is a fairy tale. Is Shrek a fairy tale? It's, a, it's sort of a story about fairy tales. I'm going to call it a fairy tale. And I really like Shrek. Now, the reason I like Shrek is because when... Do you, who saw the first Shrek? Do you remember that moment when you're watching Shrek at the end and they love's first kiss and all the rest of it and then they start spiralling around in the sky and Fiona lands back on the ground and she, she becomes an ogre? Now, we didn't know that was coming. If you didn't know the movie, you didn't know that was coming. You're expecting them to, to become... Not ogres, but they land as ogres and then they have this aha moment. This is what beauty's like. Now we love that because that was like a real shot at what society sees as beautiful and it was a great, amazing fairy tale and philosophy. True? It made you feel good. Well, this is not a fairy tale. This, this story 
of Christ's birth makes us feel good, but it's real and it's grounded in history. And it didn't have to be just a, a story penned or a philosophy. It's real. And so are our encounters with God. They're real. They're grounded in history and they change us forever. They're wonderful. They're wonderful. Now, wonderful encounters are interesting because they actually bring something else. Shrek didn't really put a lot of fear into me. As ogre as he was, it didn't really, I wasn't frightened as I was watching it. But the interesting thing about when God shows up, wonderful encounters bring healthy fear. That's our next atmosphere. So wonderful encounters are grounded in history. But wonderful encounters bring a healthy fear. We read these words. It said, That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. Suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them. The radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. And here's the words that come up on the screen. They were terrified. Go back one. They were... (laughs) They were terrified. And the angel reassured them, Don't be afraid, he said. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. See, wonderful encounters bring a healthy fear. Can I actually suggest this? Fear of the Lord is a wonderful gift. When God meets us and challenges us, we often make really, really good decisions. Now, what I mean by that is we can go through life and we can do a whole lot of stuff. Um, and, and we can do a lot of stuff which is not so good. Breaks down our relationships or breaks the law or we can do a whole lot of stuff. But when God shows up and says, I don't want you to live that way, we stop functioning by the law or by the moral code or by the right thing to do. We start functioning because we have a healthy fear of God. Interesting, I had, an, I had a, a moment a while ago where I was walking around. Um, we got a fence, that had, a Colourbond fence at home because we've only been there for a year and we were missing a couple of black caps on the top of the Colourbond fence, you know, the black, little plastic black caps. And um, it's interesting, so, so Rach and I were walking through the streets of Glenmore Park and there was, all, there was a, just community fencing around a cricket oval and, that, and there's all black caps on the top. And it's funny, isn't it? Because you look at it and you go, whoa, there's some black caps. <laughs> a healthy fear of God actually causes you not to take the black caps. And that's what, when it came through my mind. I'm not going to take the black caps, cause, not because I'll get caught, because I can get the black caps. I, I have no issue. I can get the black caps. I know the time to get the black caps. No one will see me get the black caps. I'll get those black caps. No one will know. It'll be done. And it's a, what are they, a dollar? You know, and the council's got heaps of money. I can justify it. I can do a whole lot of things. But there's one person who I cannot escape from when I take the black caps who's watching. Who is it? A healthy fear of God stops me by taking the black caps. Because I'm really not afraid of council, of the council gardeners, um, of being seen by this. I'm I'm not afraid of them actually at all. Um, And I can justify my actions of taking the black caps. But a healthy fear of God actually says everything I do, I do in front of the Lord. See, when God encounters us, 
There's often terror and fear and in the Bible, oh, oh, but but people's lives are changed. Hey, and they live holier lives. When when God encounters us, he builds a good, healthy fear. And the Bible actually says the fear of the Lord is a beginning of wisdom. So wonderful encounters are grounded in history. Wonderful encounters uh, uh, bring a healthy fear. Wonderful encounters are couched in humility. Okay? It was a humble birth. The Bible says this. She gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him snugly in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. In a feed trough, because there was no lodging available for them. It made me think. It made me think that Jesus actually said these words of himself: "The Son of Man has no place to lay his head." It didn't really change, did it? He had no place at his birth, and then he spent his life. And he said, "If you would follow me, um, foxes have dens." And then he said, "The Son of Man has no place to lay his head." There was a there was a sense of humility. A, hum- a humility in this story. A humility in the, Chris- in the Christmas story. It was a humble sign. You'll recognise him by this sign, the angel said to the, to the shepherds. You'll find a baby wrapped snugly in strips of cloth lying in a manger. It was a humble location. But you, this is a prop- one of those 108 prophecies. But you, Bethlehem, uh, Ephrathah, Though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over Israel, whose origins are from old and ancient times. When God encounters, he doesn't encounter those that are the special ones necessarily. In fact, the patterns in the Bible, he tends to encounter the most unlikely. In fact, you know, Jesus comes from the line of David and when David was trying to be found to be the next king he was forgotten about by his father by the prophet he was out in the field they, who's, oh, have you got another oh, is there another son Ah, oh yeah David this pattern of God choosing and encountering in these humble circumstances and Bethlehem was, a, was just like that what good could come out of Penrith well if it's a humble place plenty what good could come out of our lives? See, God encounters the humble. No matter who we are, he meets us. The story is extraordinary. In fact, it was so crazy that the power person was Herod. That's another story for another time. But Herod and the kings, the wise men, they were interacting. He was freaking out and trying to find out what is going on here. Interesting, the angels didn't appear to Herod. They appeared to some shepherds on a hill. That was the wonderful encounter. Now, it's, a, it's, a, it's something about shepherds which is, I, I, love, I love this. That night, the shepherds were staying in their fields nearby, guarding their flocks of sheep. I, I really, really love the fact that the shepherds were at work. When you shared your encounters, how many of your encounters happened in church of a Sunday? I've had some. Of all those encounters you all thought about, how many of them happened in church of a Sunday? Put your hand up if they did. Is there one, two? It's okay because it can happen, by the way. Hopefully it happens today. (laughs) How many of them happened just as you were going about your daily lives? How many have happened at desperate times where you're crying out to God? It's really interesting. The shepherds were just at work. 
They were doing their thing. It was a, there's a humility to that. It didn't have to. Ha- it doesn't have to happen here. How, how many of you have read the Bible at home? You may be reading Advent plan. I really like this Advent plan, by the way. It's the first time I've done it. And, and things are leaping off the page and you're going, wow, that, that didn't have to be communicated by Mark or by anybody else. The shepherds were just doing what they do. One of the things, I, a little thing that I like Shepherds weren't seen as, though they were often seen as unclean. Isn't it interesting when Jesus later on in John 10.10 identified himself as the good shepherd? And when you go back through the history of Israel, it talks about shepherds quite often. It's interesting that shepherding, not kingship, not royalty, shepherding. What was David? Shepherd. It's so interesting that God chooses shepherding to reveal himself to the world. There's a humility in that. And so can I just encourage you that God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble, it says in James. So if we live a humble life, it's, it's, it's kind of some pretty good, I guess, grounding to experience and encounter God. A life of pride, it's very, it's very hard for God to get in. And Jesus said this about himself. And Paul wrote, sorry, Paul wrote this about Jesus. He says, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges and he took the humble position of a slave. It was born as a human being. And we know in a manger where there was no room, visited by shepherds to a virgin in Bethlehem. Like, when that, he was born, like, seriously. <laughs> Talk about humility. And that's how the creator of this world decided to introduce himself to this world in human flesh. Incredible. When he appeared in human form, we humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. He even humbled himself in such a way that he was seen as a criminal. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Wonderful encounters are grounded in history. Wonderful encounters are couched in in humility. Wonderful encounters bring a healthy fear. Wonderful encounters strengthen our faith. I like this little little line. It's a really subtle line in the passage we read. But Mary kept all these things in her heart. And thought about them often. The shepherds went back to their flocks, glorifying and praising God for all they had seen and all they had heard. It was just as the angel had told them. We see the Christmas story being one that just strengthens people's faith. We could go back to Zechariah. We could go, we could, the Christmas story just made people strong in God. It just did. The shepherds were never going to be the same. Mary just pondered this, these things in, in, in her heart. Encounters with God strengthen our faith, don't they? So when you shared your encounters, what I'm sure your mind just goes, God was so good. God, your, your faith gets strengthened when we, when we encounter God. And so can I encourage us to, to, to look for him to encounter us in, in our circumstances. He encounters us in history. To have humble hearts. 
to be open to God, to, to embrace a healthy fear, because it will strengthen our faith. It will make us stronger. It'll spur us on. It'll carry us forward. Let's, let's, let's be like Mary. Let's be like Mary. She would think about these encounters and all these encounters that she was seeing around them often. Let's be like Mary. So when we sing songs, when we sing how great is our God, when we sing songs, let's think on how God has been great. Great things to sing, but let's think on how God has been great. When we open up God's word, Today's Advent reading is about our righteousness is from him. We open up God and just just think of that encounter when you first really, really understood forgiveness and grace and that we we are saved by grace. You mean we're completely acceptable because of Jesus Christ. When we're reading the word, let that go back. Let's go back to those encounters and remember. That's what we're going, to, we're going to do around communion. We're going to remember. When we're unsure, when we're doubting, when others around us are doubting, let's think of those encounters with God and let them strengthen our faith. It says of Abraham, it actually says in Romans, it says, though he did not actually exceed the promises or the encounter that brought the promises in Genesis 12 and 15. Though he did not see them, it says his faith did not waver. In fact, it grew stronger. The only way that happens is if we we remember how God's met us and every time we take communion or every time we, we encounter doubt or every time we do the Mary thing, we ponder the goodness of God. We ponder what God's done in us. We ponder how he met us. I'm a bit of a junkie for this stuff, as you know. So I've got my Jesus-rated life, and I've got my Jesus is amazing. <laughs> I just want the whole world to know Jesus is amazing. Because uh, I want to just keep remembering. I want to keep remembering. I don't, this is not my slogan. This is, I can tell you when Jesus has been amazing in my life. Yes, so good. All right, here's the one that I love. Here's the one that I love. Christmas time is a time for reaching out. It's a time for evangelism. It's a time to share Jesus with the world, true? It's the time when the society's ready for it. And you know, Christmas, the Christmas event of the shepherds was the first, here's the first moment where evangelism came into the world. It was amazing. It ignites passion. When we encounter God, it ignites passion. See, what happened was the angels started fearing. Their only fear was actually of, uh, sorry, the shepherds, their only fear was actually of God and fear of angels. They had no fear to share about Jesus. You read this, it says these words. It says, when the angels had returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, now this is after they said, the angels said, don't be afraid and all the rest of it. They, they said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. They hurried to the village, found Mary and Joseph, and there was the baby lying in the manger, just as it had been predicted. And after seeing him, the shepherds told everyone what had happened. And what the angel had said to them about this child. And all who heard the shepherd's story were astonished. So in other words, 
it, it just ignited a passion in the shepherds and they started to evangelize. They started to tell the story. They started to tell about Jesus. And I'm sure they used these words um, that the angels had said. Don't be afraid, they said. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord has been born today in Bethlehem, the city of David. These were the words that were said to to the shepherds. Don't you reckon they were going around saying, we've seen it, we've seen it. There's good news, there's great joy. Jesus is amazing. When we encounter God, he fills us with a testimony, not just for ourselves, but for the world around us. True? It's so good. So good. And so we we have a wonderful Christmas for us and we have a wonderful Christmas for others. A wonderful Christmas for us as we just encounter God and enjoy the wonder of who Jesus is and a wonderful Christmas for others. It might be this, making gingerbread houses. I'm going to let you in on something. I don't like ginger. (laughs) I really don't like ginger. I've tried it. It just doesn't work. Those ginger nut biscuits back in the day. I don't think, do they make them anymore? They do. I must have sort of blocked them out of my when I go through a supermarket. Ooh. But it's actually not about the ginger, is it? It's about this. So I'm going to go. I'm going to come. I'm going to make a gingerbread house. <laughs> I'm not going to eat it. Rachel will eat it. I'll eat the lollies. One on the gingerbread house. One in the mouse. One on the gingerbread. House. Anyway, I'm going to make a gingerbread house. But that's because. I'm going to sit there and we're going to listen to songs and we're going to celebrate and we're going to share the love of Jesus. It's going to just burst out of us because we love him so much. Jesus is amazing. He is amazing. He's encountered us. We've had wonderful encounters. And part of that is not only to strengthen our faith, but to ignite our passion to share him with the world. Um, I love that the shepherds didn't have it all together. They just didn't have it all together. The shepherd, we worry that we don't know what to say. All they had was a few quick words from some angels and something they saw and experienced. If you would like to know what witnessing is, it's a few words from Jesus, and we've got a, we've got a fair few, but it's about what we've seen and experienced because it says in the Bible we are witnesses. In other words, we are experiences of God. And we, we take it to the world. Wonderful encounters are for us and for others. That's so good, eh? Christmas story is incredible. It's just filled with the miraculous. So I'm going to pray that we experience the miraculous this Christmas, yeah? And that we share it and that others experience it. Just join me in prayer. Father, I thank you so much for the wonderful encounter that the shepherds had on the hill, and, and the teaching that we learned from it today, the inspiring, the, how we're inspired by it. And I pray that we would have our eyes wide open to have wonderful encounters to you, with you. I pray that our Christian lives, our lives following Jesus, will be filled with awe and wonder and joy and would be contagious in our world. And I pray that as we remember you through communion, that we would remember all the wonderful things you've done in our life. In Jesus' name, amen.
I'm going to bring the band up and the band's going to, going to finish with some singing. Why don't you think about those encounters with God as you sing and then we're going to take communion, communion together. Here's a moment when we take communion, when we sing to actually reflect on the wonderful, wonderful encounters that God has had with us and ask him to meet us more.